If you're like us and enjoy a glass of wine, nakedwines.com should be your next online stop. You don't have to get naked, but you can get six bottles of wine, red, white, or a mix for only $34.99 plus free shipping. That's a savings of $90. Or you could get naked. Either way, go to our <laughs> website, gameofbookspodcast.com for a coupon code. It's that easy. No commitments, no membership fees, just wine shipped to you direct from independent winemakers with a 100% refund guarantee. Go to gameofbookspodcast.com for the coupon code. Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. And I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with Don Bentley. Yes, I'm so excited to be talking with him, Kathy. I loved his book. And I'm just fascinated by his pre-writing life, you know, which sounds like he lived one of his characters or something. <laughs> well, you know, spy thrillers, international intrigue is, is, is my jam. I'm like, I'm super excited. I've been a longtime fan of the um, Jack Ryan series. So I'm, this is a real privilege for me. Yes, yes, me too. And this one's set in Korea, which is a little scary since my daughter lives there, but I'm glad it's fiction. It's a little realistic, but I'm glad it's fiction. Yeah, we'll have to ask him about that. I'm sure he'll make you feel much, much better or not. I don't know. Okay, so let me start off by telling you a little bit about Don's. Yes, if you're watching on YouTube, Christy has a copy I do too of this latest cover of um, Zero Hour. I do want to talk about Don a little bit because I really want our listeners to understand what he's bringing to this series and what just what kind of guy he is. So um, Don is the New York Times bestselling author of the Matt Drake thriller series that he writes on his own. And then he also writes the Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan Jr. books, which we're going to be talking about today, um, which uh, the latest is Zero Hour. Um, but Don, prior to that, spent a decade as an Army Apache helicopter pilot, during which time he was stationed in South Korea, the setting of today's book, Germany and Texas, while deployed to Afghanistan as a troop commander in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. Don was awarded the Bronze Star Medal and the Air Medal with a V device for valor. Following his time in the military, Don continued to serve our country by working as an FBI special agent and a member of the Dallas Office Special Weapons and Tactics, which is the SWAT team. Um, after leaving the FBI, Don worked for companies that developed technology for the United States Special Operations Community. He holds a bachelor's degree in electrical and computer engineering from The Ohio State University and an MFA in writing popular fiction from Seton Hall. So all of that, Don, welcome to the conversation today. 
Thank you so much for having me. And I appreciate you put the, the in the Ohio State oh, University. I know so thank you. Thank I you. Have to, I know that much. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's trademark well, now, isn't it? I think. That's right. That's it's right. a big deal. If you know, you know. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, before we get started, we're going to talk about what we're drinking today because we're, we're all over the place. We're normally just wine, but... But we're doing everything today, so I guess Don has um, a beer from a local brewery in Texas, yep. and it's kind of coffee and beer. That's right. That's Trail Runner from a local brewery here. Cool. We'll give them a shout out. <laughs> Kathy's drinking red wine of her choice. Yeah, I'm having a little red. And I am going totally in for the book, and I have- <laughs> You are brave. Um, the the South Korean, this is the spirit of choice. Honestly, this is what they say of, of Korea. But, um, and no brand is more popular than Jinro, which is the one that I'm drinking. And I happen to find in Total Wine down here. And Kathy, you're going to be even more surprised when you hear this, that this not only is the country's best selling soju, but it's the world's top selling spirit. What? Wow. That's what the internet told no. me. It told me. I don't believe Started that. in 1924. <laughs> they drink a lot of it in Korea. <laughs> and it can be a wide range. Like it's usually originally made from rice and it can be a wide range like of alcohol content. And they like my daughter got them when she came back. You know, she went and bought like apple flavor all the this is like the original flavor so you know you but you can mix it with stuff or this is um i don't know what the percentage is this is this is 20 percent oh so okay, that's well, why that i'm drinking it in this and you can... little tiny <laughs> tiny well look at i'm spilling it little tiny shot glass because it's very strong but okay well let's sip. let's raise a toast to dawn with your teeny tiny shot glass. Toast. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Love it. That's All great. right. Mm. <laughs> you better. All right. Sit. So now that we've got that out of the way, <laughs> um, let's talk about the book. Um, yes. So his, this book, it's Tom Clancy Zero Hour. So it features Jack Ryan Jr., which I'm sure everybody knows who Jack Ryan is. So that's his son. And um, it's very exciting. It's just, it, it's a great, like, oh my gosh, page turner. And it's set where the leader of North Korea is injured and he's incapacitated. And so, you know, all hell's breaking loose because, <laughs> you know, everybody wants wants to take over. And, <laughs> and so... Um, it kind of starts a war, or they're trying to start a war with um, South Korea and mess with the U.S. and Russia at the same time. I mean, there's all kinds of intrigue. Um, and then Jack Ryan Jr., he just happens to be there, and he's going to save the day, hopefully. <laughs> but in the process, you know, there's there's a lot going on, and he works for something called, what, the campus? The campus, yep. Yep. I love that. The campus. It's like this secret organization that, of course, we don't know about. And then there's all kinds of, there's helicopters, which I'm sure Don <laughs> knows inside and out. So they're, they're coming in and there's, there's all these. And it's really, really a fun, fun, a little bit scary for me because my daughter's there, Reed. But uh, I, you know, I loved it. I love the intrigue and everything. But that's where I want to start in the questions 
because the coup that's happening, everything, it seems, of course, you're going to make it that way, seems very realistic. But tell me, <laughs> I mean, is this like entirely fiction or um, <laughs> should I be a little worried? <laughs> yeah. Where does this come from? <laughs> yeah, you should be terrified is what I'm going to tell you. And uh, for a couple different reasons. So for one, the my previous or my Matt Drake book, my last one called Hostile Intent that just came out in May. Uh, I wrote that a year ago. And when I was writing that a year ago, I was thinking, what could I do on European soil that would be fun to show kind of a a big military thriller-esque thing. And I thought, what about a Russian invasion of Ukraine? Well, I'll do that because there's no way that's going to happen. So what? a year ago, I wrote that. <laughs> and then there's a Russian invasion of Ukraine. So now that I've written about North Korea invading South Korea, you should get your daughter home now. No, is what I'm no. telling you. No. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, wow. Let's talk a little bit about the Matt Drake novels. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. tell us about that. Yeah, so Hostile Intent is um, the third book in my Matt Drake series. And so what I wanted to do um, with this book, much like I did with Hostile Intent, is Tom Clancy is um, is my, my I, I say he's kind of my gateway drug to the thriller universe. Because when I was about 14, uh, my neighbor up the street uh, was a year or two older than me and had much more... Um, let's say permissible parents than I did. And he would <laughs> smuggle me these Tom Clancy books. And the, the first one he gave me was Red Storm Rising, which was Tom's version of a big, like epic World War III book. And so I remember reading that and feeling there's this scene where an F-14, which was the original airplane from Top Gun is doing this strafing run on a Russian container ship. And I just remember feeling like I was there and thinking, man, I would love to be able to write books like that. And so when I got the chance, um, like I said, Hostile Intent is the third book in my Matt Drake series. My first two books dealt with problem sets in the Middle East. And so I really wanted to set a book in Europe. And my last assignment in the army was in Germany. And so as part of that, uh, I was sitting in my cubicle as in the soldier next to me was, was training for a triathlon and he said hey let's go run a marathon and i said that's a terrible idea and he said we'll do it in vienna and i'm like i'm in and so okay. we went to vienna and ran a marathon yes exactly exactly <laughs> so that's where the book kicks off and so i knew i wanted to set it in europe and i thought what kind of epic big conventional military thriller could i sh th show in europe and so i had the idea of a russian invasion of ukraine and so some of that, um, you know, when you're in the military, there's a job that you often do, and it's called the S2 or the intelligence officer. And so that person's job, his or her job, is to play the part of the enemy commander. And so what that means is he or she briefs um, you as, as the commander, as here's what the enemy forces are going to look like, here's what they're going to do, here's how I expect their order of march to be. And then before you do the actual operation, you actually create this huge terrain board that looks like where the operation is going to take place. And all the commanders and leaders actually walk out on this ground and say, OK, now I'm going to go to this hill. Here's what my primary task and purpose is going to be. And the S2, the intelligence officer, does the same thing, but they play the enemy and they say, OK, here is how I'm going to attack. Here's how I'm going to react to what you've done. And so it very much teaches you to view the world through your enemy's eyes. So that's a super useful skill for a thriller writer to have.
because once I figured out, mm-hmm. hey, I want the battlefield to be Europe, I want it to be a Russian invasion of Ukraine, I was able to come up with a lot of things that were pretty similar to how um, the Russians did their invasion. Now, that the biggest thing that I got wrong that I think the entire world got wrong is I vastly mis- mis- um, underestimated the, the courageousness and bravery of the Ukrainian people that you still see. But it really was a... <laughs> a surreal moment because it's something that I wrote about a year ago. And then you watch it come to fruition. And on one hand, you're like, okay, I got this part right. And then on the other hand, you're like, this isn't a book anymore. This is real life. People are dying and it's, and it's horrific, but it, it very much was, uh, I finished that in uh, the summer of 2021 and it came out in May. And then obviously the Russian invasion happened just before that. So uh, hopefully not the same thing for the Korea book for zero hour. Yes, please, please. <laughs> I know. Well, that was so interesting, too, that your books came out so close together. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of jumping ahead in our questions, yeah. but, yeah. It, you know. Well, that's, <laughs> that's one of the things um, I'm lucky about from the placement of the books is that um, so I wrote I write the Matt Drake series, like I said, and my editor, there's a lot of Toms in this story, so I apologize. My editor is called Tom Colgan. <laughs> And he edited Tom Clancy when when Clancy was still alive. And he's edited everybody from like Janet Ivanovich to Lee Child and kind of everybody in between. And so when I turned in the second book of of, uh, my series, which was called The Outside Man, at the end of the editorial conversation, and that very much feels like you're in fourth grade and you've forgotten your homework because you're you're going in. And that's when you get to figure out what the editor really thinks of your book. And it was this great conversation. And at the very end of it, he did a Columbo on me. And he's like, just one more thing. Uh, would you be interested in writing the Tom Clancy books? And it was, I was like, what did he just say? And so as part of that, what's what's fun is because it's the same editor for both book series, what they try and do is put my book really close to the Clancy book because everybody in the world knows who Tom Clancy is. And what they kind of hope is that those readers read his book and then kind of go back to see mine. And that that works uh, in various uh, various amounts of effectiveness. When I was um, going through the airport traveling, I found a bunch of my Clancy books at one of the airport bookstores. And so I told the lady, I was like, hey, do you want me to sign these? And she's like, yeah. And then she goes, Tom Clancy's here and kind of screams. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, it's just me. Really? He's it's not. It's just me. <laughs> so so, so, so oh pluses and minuses there, I guess. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I, you, I, I'm def. We're probably definitely going to go read the Matt Drake one now. I sure. am totally. So, so it is connecting. I know. I, I got I, two I, more sales. Yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I will say. Put it on your Christmas right? list. <laughs> yes. I one of my favorite writers is Daniel Silva, who mm, writes. Me too. Yeah, I love him, mm-hmm. and he has a track record of kind of predicting. events and so it sounds like you're in good company doing that although none of us really appreciate you doing that (laughs) it's not gonna happen because i talked to my daughter in length i haven't read her paper that she just wrote about relations but she feels like they've progressed enough that their north koreans aren't completely 
all brainwashed um, mm. because they've smuggled in stuff. I don't know. Okay. I'm hoping that it's not quite as, you know, because it's just scary the way that, yeah. you know, and, and she did tell me about a movie that she was watching. I don't know if you've heard of it, Red Family. Mm-mm. And it's about spies from North Korea coming down yeah. and as a family, you know, yeah, yeah. Like pretend family. And I just watched like five minutes of it earlier today. And I was like, ooh, yeah. creepy. Yeah, so, so South Korea was my first duty assignment right out of flight school, and it was the late 90s. And so back then, getting assigned to Korea is kind of the closest you could get to combat because it was before September 11th, before all of those things. And I don't mean to imply that, that people were shooting at each other because they weren't. But, you know, you you, heard, you saw my heart going like this. Oh, yeah, closest to camp. But <laughs> OK, go ahead. There is Sorry. Still, um, there is still an active war there from the standpoint of. It was only ever an armistice that was signed. There's no peace treaty between North and South Korea. And so what that looked like in the 90s is every so often North Korea would shell uh, one of South Korean's islands or sometimes their navies would mix it up. Or actually right before I got there, there was they call them midget subs, the very small submarines that are used to ferry um, North Korean commandos into South Korea. And I actually whoa, I actually um, wrote about that in the in the book a little bit. And um, a North Korean midget sub ran aground in South Korea, and the in the commandos in that submarine were running across South Korea, causing trouble, and they had to hunt them down. And there are all kinds of gunfights and stuff. Oh and so, at one point, um, there was actually when North Korea and South Korea were mixing it up in the in the ocean again. We were throwing hellfires on the Apaches because we thought we were going to go do our go to war mission, go do a show of force. And so it very much was we used to call it freedom's frontier. It very much was the wild, wild west. And it Mm -hmm. it may have um, dampened down some. And it's and it certainly isn't the focus like it was back then because September 11th and Iraq and everything changed all of that. But it's still pretty, pretty froggy over there because you have a, a crazy guy who is in charge of a nation and has a nuclear weapon at its fingertips. And, and so it is still very it's much scary. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. So it is, it is definitely right for, for, for novels and spy thrillers for sure. Oh. Um, okay. So let's talk about the Jack Ryan character. A yeah. Bit. Yep. I have not read a Clancy novel that featured Jack Ryan Jr. Until yours. Mm. So I, was like, oh, like a whole new, like, I was so excited. <laughs> but I loved the, his character because uh, he's, thank you. he's got some challenging romantic issues yeah. going on, which was yeah. a really fun aspect. Um, trying to live under his parents' shadow, obviously. Yep. And he's this really kind of strapping large guy in, in Korea, which is a really fun um, yeah. juxtaposition. He kind of reminded me of like, you know, like a Jack Reacher character, yeah. like, that yep. would stick out right in yep. in Korea. Yep. Um, I loved that whole. Um, I, I'm I'm into it. I'm going back. I'm going back to read all of them now. It's really interesting because he is as a character. What I tell folks, a, a lot of people say the exact same thing that you have, but have seen like the Amazon series and then want to jump into the books. And yeah. the problem with the books is that that iconic Jack Ryan senior character that John Kaczynski plays in the books is actually in his seventies or late sixties, early seventies and is president of the United States. And so what I tell people is that John Kaczynski character is the same age as my character. That's his son. And so if you think of it that way, Mm -hmm. that's a little easier entry point, but he's a really interesting character in that everybody else he associates with 
all have the resume to do what they do. So for instance, you know, John Clark was a SEAL in, in Vietnam. Ding Chavez was an infantryman and did a bunch of work in the parent. And, and the only thing Jack Ryan Jr. has is his name. Is His name is Ryan. And so he gets to be one of the secret squirrel guys too. And is constantly has, has been trying to prove himself and to become uh, worthy of kind of the trust um, that these older kind of experienced guys do it. And so when I, when I got offered um, the chance to write this book, when I had the conversation with my editor and I started this, my first book in this, in, in the Clancy universe was Target Acquired that came out last year. And this was very much of a continuation of that. Cause I said, you know, what it feels like to me is kind of like an Avengers movie. When you had just Iron Man, that was just Robert Downey Jr. You got to dive into him and kind of figure out how he works. But when he's got 12 other sidekicks on the screen with him, you don't get as deep a dive into his personality and stuff. And so what I asked to do is, can I take and just focus on Jack Ryan Jr. and kind of figure out what he, what makes him tick and why he does what he was and just do a deeper dive into that. And my editor went for it. And so it was a lot of fun. And, and then as being a writer, what was super fun is most of the characters, um, all the pilots except for one are real people that I flew with. A lot of the special operations folks are real people, but I reversed them all. And so my friend Brandon Cates, who plays a Navy SEAL in this, is actually an Army Ranger. And my friend Jad, <laughs> Green Beret, is actually a Navy SEAL, and I made him a Green Beret. And so these are like all the fun little tricks you get to play. <laughs> I bet on they love that. Writer. Oh, I hated it. So it was, it was, because I actually, you know, make fun of him in the book and say, man, you're a lot like a seal. You use hair gel, you wear pretty boy clothes. <laughs> so he, he was very good That's natured awesome. about it, but it was a lot of fun. Okay. I want to dive into more okay. how this all works. Let's have yeah. a drink and then we're going to do the question in the bottle. It's kind of our midway question for you. Christy's going to give you a random question. They're pretty random. <laughs> kind of what you might want to get to at the end of a bottle. <laughs> All right. Have you ever pretended to speak a foreign language that you don't know? Um, I wouldn't say pretended, but we lived in Germany for three years and South Korea for two. And so the uh, in, in Europe, they have this joke that if you speak three languages, you're called trilingual. If you speak two languages, you're called bilingual. And if you speak one language, you're called an American. And that <laughs> is absolutely true. <laughs> And so oh, that I would so often, I would learn like, please and thank you in about three or four different languages <laughs> or excuse me, and then see how far I could get. Um, so I, they wouldn't think I was an American, hopefully. So that, that's, that's the closest <laughs> way I think I can answer that. <laughs> Christy, have you ever done that? Of course I have. When I was little, we used to do it all the time, you know, we'd just be in like the store and pretend we're speaking a foreign language. Back then, you know, there was <laughs> so, like my sister and I speaking? would be like, oh, I don't know. Like a made up language? I don't know. Or... And then later, yeah, yeah, just made up <laughs> language and, you know, it would be funny. And then um, I do remember like, you know, when I was in Europe, I would just pretend like I was... Um, like if somebody thought, uh, you know, I was an American and was giving me a hard time, I'd just pretend like I spoke another language other than <laughs> French or 
you know, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm Scandinavian or something. You know, I'd be like, oh, no, no English. <laughs> if you can't pull that you off, you can always pretend to be Canadian because everybody loves Canadian. So just, yeah. just go with that. Yeah. So that was the other one. I would do either. And I had a, a sweatshirt that said Australia, which I've never been to. And I'd be like, oh, I'm Australian. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Anyway. So I... I want to know how daunted you were when you got the invitation to even consider joining this immense franchise. This just huge thing. Yeah. I think what I tell people is when, um, when I got the offer, I found, I, I, I felt like two emotions, overpowering emotions at the same time. And so one was excitement and the other was absolute and abject terror. And I, because you're thinking, you know, I could be the guy that runs this franchise into the ground. Like that could be me. I'd be the one that takes this plane. And and so fortunately, the people who, you know, were members past and present of the Clancy universe are some incredible folks. So Mark Graney is a great friend of mine. He has the incredible series on um, the gray man, which comes out on Netflix, I think this month, which yeah. is pretty amazing. Um, but he, fielded more late night texts and and phone calls and stuff than I would care to admit um and and was a fantastic guy Mark Cameron who writes the series at the same time Mike Madden all of those people but the, the best person was my editor was Tom Colgan because he once I agreed to do it um he said you know what here's what I want you to remember is that you're not Tom Clancy nobody can be Tom Clancy He's like, I don't want you to try. He said, I just want you to do what you do, but do it in his universe. And so that kind of gave me some confidence. And the other thing he said is he's because because in addition to the Clancy franchise, he has um, the Robert Ludlum franchises, the WB Griffin, like all of these legacy franchises. And he said, this is what I want you to know. He said, I'm really, really good at finding the right writers for the right series. And he's like, you're the writer for this series. That's all you need to know. And so, you know, doing that and then having him with my Matt Drake books too, we've now, I just handed in my fourth Matt Drake book, but it's the sixth book that he and I have worked on together. And so it's, there's a tremendous amount of trust now, I think that we have between us. And there's um, a really good friend of mine named John Dixon, who's a great writer too was a golden glove boxer. And he told me once that the job of a referee in a boxing match is to make sure that nobody gets hurt. And he said, so when you're fighting, you never have to worry about hurting the other person because that's the referee's job. He is going to make sure you don't hurt anybody. You just fight the very hardest that you can fight. And so from a writing perspective, what I really feel like is that Tom is like that referee or like the guardrails. And so I'll go crazy, which I often do. Mm-hmm. And then I know that he'll kind of <laughs> dial me back and put such kind and, and, and affirming editorials as this is too much 80s music. You cannot have another <laughs> White Snake song, which I'm still a little bitter about. But those are the, that's the kind of feedback he gives me um, in, in the books and stuff. And so... It really is a good partnership. Wow. So is um, is Tom, like, does he have any background in um, military, espionage, whatever? He no. just happens to really be yeah. able to edit that. Yeah, wow. none of and that. What do you, and so you, you have it all. You yeah. do have a lot of it anyway. But sure. do you still have to go out and talk to, you know, some of the different 
professionals or um, area, different areas to get? Yeah, absolutely. Right? And and since um, since nine eleven and and the war on terror and everything, there are a lot of writers in this genre now who do have experience. Having said that, Tom Clancy was an insurance salesman with a library card, and so he had zero. If you look at some of the top writers at the turn of the, the century, so you got Tom Clancy with zero. Um, Brad Thor was a travel writer. Vince Flynn was a bartender. Um, Mark Greeny had a, a master's in international relations and stuff like that. Daniel Silva, I think, was a journalist or something before he came out and did that. And so it's it's very much um, you don't need to have it. Now, what you do need to have, I think, is that curiosity and then some people that you can talk to. And so my wife, I got to do a lot of fun things. And my wife all the time just says it was because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, which is mostly true. But I, when my, the first <laughs> book in, in my series that came out was called Without Sanction. And when I was doing press for it, a radio interviewer, you know, it was like she was going to do the gotcha question. And she said, are you Matt Drake? And I said, you know, I, I am absolutely not Matt Drake, but I've stood in the room, same room with him before. And that is true. Wow, and so cool. I have this series of very interesting people that I've been lucky enough to meet that I can come back and say, hey, this is the scene I'm working on. Can you help me with it? Or, you know, what kind of equipment would they use or what? And in uh, my last book, uh, In Hostile Intent, there's a scene where um, there's a big ambush that happens. And I'm literally drawing on a map and sending um, sheets of paper back and forth between me and a guy who's who was who retired as a sergeant major from the Delta Force. And he's fixing my ambush and giving me feedback and stuff on it. Oh, and wow. so I think that's it certainly is helpful to have a background sort of like mine, but it's more, I feel like mine is more, it helps me know what I don't know and then figure out who I can talk to in order to fill in the gaps. Oh. Okay. So one thing mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to, I'm circling us back here to yeah. the beginning of our conversation. When you were reading those Tom Clancy books as a 14 year old about mm -hmm. the fighter pilots, did that help your interest in going into the military? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. I think, um, wow. you know, people, they, they say that the original Top Gun movie um, increased the number of folks who wanted to be naval pilots by like 500%. Their recruiting went from year over year. And I think Tom Clancy absolutely did the same thing for those of us who grew up kind of in that Cold War era, watching movies like Red Dawn or something yeah. like that. You're like, yeah. how do we do this? And he laid out such a compelling view of what it was like or what it could be like or something. I mean, there were the majority of folks that I served with all grew up reading Tom Clancy. And, and I, I don't mean to say that he was the sole reason we did that, but I think you read that and like, man, the way he depicted the military, because if you remember before that, there were a lot of books and I don't, I don't want to throw stones, but there were a lot of books coming out of um, Vietnam that were very much reactionary to an unpopular war they gave a very negative depiction of the military and what life in the military was like. And Tom Clancy really threw that on its head and said, hey, this can be something that's mm -hmm. noble, that it's a profession of arms, that there are people who are all volunteer army, you know, all volunteer military that you're serving shoulder to shoulder with. Wow. And he really changed the dynamic mm -hmm. on that, I think. I want to know how the hell you get everything done. How do you get all this writing done? Somebody, you know, people have asked me in interviews before, how many hours a day do you write? And I say every single one of them is is my answer. And so um, right now, like I said, I'm lucky enough to be able to write two series. But what it means is I have to turn in a book every five months. And so 
Uh, I go straight from like a Matt Drake book to a Tom Clancy book to a Matt Drake book. I think some of it, especially with the Clancy books, is having something that's interesting in this series that you feel like you get to explore a little bit. And for me, that's more about what makes Jack Ryan tick and kind of have that thing. And, and for my Matt Drake books, I write, um, my, my editor, Tom, said that when you come to a genre and you're a new writer, what you want to do is bring something that's the same but different. And so the same from the standpoint of if you're shelved, in my case, next to Mark Graney or Brad Taylor or you know Vince Flynn or Kyle Mills, and you pick my book up and you read it, you say, yeah, I understood why he was shelved there. But Brad Taylor writes a really good Brad Taylor book. I'll never be able to write or do what he does. So I have to bring something different. And so for me, I made Nelson DeMille is another one of my huge influences and especially his John Corey character. And so my Matt Drake books are really witty. It's a first person protagonist. He works for the Defense Intelligence Agency, not the CIA or anything else. And so I tried to make some choices that were different that then gave me some things to build on. So every time you come back to it, there's a little bit more that you want to explore. Um, from a practical standpoint, what that looks like is I, is I, when I'm in the writing phase, I try and do about 2,500 words a day, which, which isn't every day and, and isn't constantly, but I end up writing probably six days a week. And, um, and, and I think one of the magic parts, you know, Stephen King's got that seminal book called On Writing, <laughs> about writing. And, you know, one of the things he talks about, yep, exactly, exactly. One of the things he talks about in there that just really resonated with me is how much writing is, uh, I think he calls it like a blue collar job that you sit in a chair and you write and stuff. But then he says, you know, the magic part happens where if you're faithful to write every day or nearly every day, then when you're, you know, at the gym or taking the dog for your, a walk, your subconscious is still working on something and it gives you that answer that you've been looking for. And so I think uh, writing is kind of equal parts having faith that future you is going to figure out a way to solve present you's problems. But the only way future you gets a chance is if, if present you actually puts words on the, on the page. And so it's pretty crazy right now, uh, I'll be honest with you, but I think it's also, <laughs> you know what, how many times do you get an opportunity yeah. to do that? And I, and I feel like I, it, uh, it's my chance to do it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to try and do it as long as I can. I love that. Great. All right. Well, let's have well, a drink. Really and before we go, we've got a final question for you. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so we asked this of all our authors. Um, which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be? Hmm. Well, I think that's a two part for me because I would definitely like to share a meal with Matt Drake because he's a lot funnier than I am. Like what he can say <laughs> in the moment takes me several drafts takes you five like, months. man <laughs> if i would only said this and, uh, he he lives in austin texas like me so i think it would be um barbecue probably cooper's barbecue um for big sure steak yes yes <laughs> no. big old slab of brisket um from the yeah there you go from the clancy universe you know john clark is um he was a, a tough bad guy before tough bad guys were were in favor in fact the clancy book that that seems to be everybody's favorite is his origin story it's called without remorse and so i would definitely like to share a meal with him and i feel like since he's a seal we'd have to eat seafood so which i'd be oh. okay with but <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Got to keep everybody happy in both. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So when our readers want to find out about both of your series, how do they best reach out to you? Is email or social media? Where are you usually? Yeah, so my website is donbentleybooks.com, just D-O-N-B-E-N-T-L-E-Y books.com. And so you can figure out everything I'm working on there and sign up for my newsletter and read about both series. Or if you're a Twitter or Facebook first person, uh, my handle is at BentleyDonB, just at B-E-N-T-L-E-Y-D-O-N-B. So I love talking to readers. I love engaging with folks on social media. Uh, I love hearing what people have to say. So please find me or else I'll be lonely. Great. Lonely but busy. Lonely but busy. Thank you so much. And I feel like the only thing we have to do now is do a big cheers for two books coming out in the last two months. Thank you. Cheers to you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers. Are you a self-published author needing more sales? Let's talk about momentum advertising for authors. If you'd rather be writing your next book instead of taking marketing classes or roping your cousin's girlfriend into handling your social media ads. Get Community Authors' latest service. They do all the work to get your book noticed. Find out more on their weekly information sessions that are free if you go to their website, communityauthors.com. I'm telling you, this exclusive program is a great opportunity. Their clients are really partners at Momentum Advertising for Authors, so be sure to tell them that Christy and Kathy from GOB sent you.